about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them, let us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Verses 1 through 21, all of Romans chapter 12. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the powerful wisdom, grace, and encouragement found in Romans chapter 12. And thank you for the opportunity, the reminder that you clearly bring before us once again. We're to be living sacrifices. What a privilege, what an honor it is, Father, in view of the fact that, Lord, you gave us your all. You made a way for us to be saved and spend all eternity with you. So how fitting it is that we in turn have the privilege and the honor of giving our all to you. Guide us, help us, strengthen us, encourage us, and teach us how to live that way as a lifestyle each and every day. Father, we commit the broadcast into your hands. Accomplish and do a perfect work in the heart of every listener today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, our hearts are grateful because of your precious Son, Jesus, who was nailed to a cross, who hung there and died, 
was buried and rose again and sits at your right hand on high. Uh, Such a sacrifice for us, Father. We thank you for that. We rejoice in that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for being a part of our listening family, and we appreciate you listening, and we want to continue to remind you, we very much ask and desire your prayers for um, the broadcast, the Hour of Intercession, but prayer also for the ministry as a whole, the American Family Association. It's so important that we remember to pray for one another. I want to remind you, my uh, email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And, of course, any and all the resources that we provide, the discipleship prayer, uh, discipleship tools, prayer tools, and others that we provide, we're glad to send them to you. Simply email us and ask, them for, ask us for them. Uh, we'll be touching on the importance of uh, being a student of the Word of God and being a believer who's diligent to pray Psalm 91. We're going to be touching on that as we bring our guest on in just a moment. But I'd like to remind our listeners, uh, we have a special bookmark that we made that has Psalm 91, the scripture on one side of the bookmark, and it has the prayer of Psalm 91 on the other side. If you'd like to get a copy or copies, plural, of those, again, simply email me, joseph at afr.net. Let us how many know how many that you want or need. But our ongoing encouragement is that We hope that every single listener will diligently pray Psalm 91 every day over yourself and over your family because, remember, we live in a dangerous, crazy world and no one can protect you like the Lord can. So praying it in hope and wisdom and grace every day is a very wise thing for every Christian warrior to do any and every day. We're very grateful to have, once again, Angie Shum with us today. Angie is a servant of Christ. She's a missionary. She's an author. Amongst other things, she's a busy lady. Angie, how are you today? I'm doing well. So glad to be with you this morning. Always good to have you. And often when we have you on, you often work alongside your mom and Peggy Joyce Ruth. And sometimes you work apart from her as well. But we're grateful to have you on. And I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment to Further introduce yourself before we get into talking about some of the things we'll be discussing today in relation to your ministry. Well, I had the privilege of growing up with uh, parents that were pastors, and so I got a start in ministry very young. I was about 10 years of age, and I just jumped right in there with them because I was seeing people's lives actually change before my eyes. And so that just grew up into... Um, being a part of the church and and uh, starting to work with youth at a young age. And so anyway, um, I'm just grateful for heritages, and I'm just encouraging people that have people they know that love the Lord and are in ministry for you to get up close to them and to let them mentor you. Mm. Well, you know, um, uh, we want to get into that a, a bit more in our discussion today as well. But before we move any further, I'm going to ask if you'll pray for this. Now, you know, you used the word, you had the privilege of growing up in the home of pastors. And, you know, many a pastor's child don't consider that a privilege, but you're exactly <laughs> right. It really is. Would yeah. you pray for the children of those in ministry today, as well as pray for our listeners to have ears to hear all that God would say to them through the broadcast today? Well, Lord, we're just happy to come before you, and I thank you that it's a privilege that if we ever have anyone on earth that knows you in a, a deep and a intimate way, that it's that it's so special to be able to to get up close to you through someone on earth showing you 
things that you could never have figured out as quickly as you can by observing someone else. And Father, I thank you for those in the audience who have that special person in their family that loves the Lord or someone they know that it's sincere and it's real. And I think you'll change perspectives on how they look at it, that it's it's not where they're trapped or it's not where they feel like, you know, they're going to be a loser in life, that they're going to have everything taken away, that they're going to find out that you can do more than they ever hoped or dreamed or even thought that they, that you could do. And that my life's a testimony to surrendering at a young age. And it, it's almost hysterically funny, all the things that you've come up with for me to do in life. So, Father, I pray that that contagious excitement of serving you and of being a steward of the heritage and not seeing it as a as a bad thing, but seeing it through your eyes and especially the relationship of getting to know you in a in a unique way. I thank you, Father, that that will be what comes across the day, that there are people out there that need to look at it a different way and hear it, and only you can, can give them a different pair of lens to look at it and to say, I'm blessed to, to know someone that knows you. And so, Father, I just pray for those youth out there that need people around them, that support them, and I pray that people will be challenged to rise up and think, who, who could be influenced by my life? And I just pray our light will shine. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Angie. Um, Angie, would you share with our listeners if uh, during our time, of course, you'll be sharing about some of the books that uh, between you and your mom and the ministry that you you all have begun, the books you've produced, Share with our listeners uh, website information or contact information, how they can get some of the books as we discuss some of them today. Okay. Well, uh, my mom originally wrote the book called Psalm 91, God's Umbrella of Protection. And we've done a whole bunch of different derivatives from that book. And so they uh, are available at www.peggyjoyceruth.org. So it's just Peggy. Joyce Ruth, all one word, dot org. Or you can call 325-646-6894. Mm-hmm. And uh, that number will get you into um, our uh, sweet friend, Robbie, and she is great at helping you figure out which book would be best uh, help your needs and get your family just covered with Psalm 91. I mean, it's a privilege to know that God has protection promises and, and you know, to realize it at all different ages. Mm. You know, uh, Angie, you know, something that I've, I think I've mentioned to you specifically is it like, um, personally, I pretty regularly ask people, are they praying Psalm 91 every single day? And a t- uh, often I'll get a response some, that sounds something along this line that, well, I pray it every few days. And I'm reminded of the fact that that reminds me of a soldier that says, well, I take my weapon on the battlefield every few days. This, just the fact that Psalm 91 is a unique weapon for protection is so important for believers to grasp. Would you speak to that issue, that matter, and the need for believers to be wise enough to pray it on a daily basis? Yes. Well, first of all, I appreciate my mom just praying Psalm 91 over the family. She 
um, has been so faithful to just keep everyone covered. And a lot of times I don't think we realize the strength she was having uh, of just praying protection down on us. And um, we didn't realize that that was actually what it was that was keeping us covered. You know, when we were young and speaking for some other family members that I just know that she would call their name out to the Lord. But as you grow older, you take your own personal responsibility to own your own faith. And that's where you pray the psalm and you start praying for other people that after it mentions the armor, putting the armor on in Ephesians 6 and verse 18, it clearly says, and then we pray for all the other saints. And, you know, I just uh, appreciate Pastor Parker saying, and pray for American Family Association, pray for the radio, pray for their American uh, Family Radio, pray for what they do. That sometimes I think we look at people that are strong and we don't pray for the strong ones. And so Psalm 91 is a way that we can pray over people. And I know from my perspective, as many times as I've heard my mom speak on Psalm 91, that different verses will stir me, that I, I get something new out of it every day. And so when I pray Psalm 91, I'm not doing it like a rote. I'm praying it every day, and something different will stand out in it to me. Like, he'll highlight a certain point, and it's it's like a prophetic thing. Like, if if he highlights verse 3, it might have to do with the fact that God protects us from traps, that there's a there's a trapper out there that's trying to trap our life, and there's so many traps out there in the world that he protects us from traps. Or it could be the, the last part of, of verse 3 where it talks about save from pestilence, or it might be uh, uh, the verse on angels, and you think about the fact that they say, the angels will keep you from stumbling. So if I, if I trip over something, I'm like, oops, you know, I, I'm going to really put this word to work. So I would encourage people, enjoy Psalm 91, and don't pray it mechanically. Mm. Well, we're coming up on a break, and we'll pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Angie Shum. She's a faithful servant of Christ, a missionary, author, and other things in serving the Lord as well. We'll be right back.
music of Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and eternal life. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Angie Shum. And before Angie comes back, I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray for all of our listeners and others we've lifted up today, specifically praying Psalm 91 over each and every one of us. Lord, today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today we say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress, our God, and you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You cover us with your feathers and under your wings do we trust. Your truth is our shield and buckler. And so we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the most high our habitation, no evil will befall us, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you give your angels charge over us, to keep us in all our ways. They bear us up in their hands, lest we dash a foot against the stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We trample underfoot. Because we have set our love upon you, therefore you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You are with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us. With long life, you satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Angie, something I think of just a... Within the last couple of days, my wife, Bertie, and I we were actually going to see someone at our local hospital, and we're on our way into the building, and she had a little bit of a tumble, and she fell, but she fell so lightly she didn't hurt herself at all, yet the fact is sometimes a person can fall, and a fall can actually kill someone sometimes. There are times mm-hmm. which that happens, but again, literally, it was as if the angel caught her. And, you know, she didn't fall hard at all. Well, see, that's reality. The grace of God, the Spirit of God, the angels of God are there to help us in all kinds of ways. And God clearly helped her on that day, too. So, But I want to just ask if you share your thoughts on why believers need to take this so serious in the dangerous, crazy world we live in. Well, it's exactly like what you say, that it can be the same thing happening to us, but it has different results. And... I know that I just had a burden to pray for Avery and our family. And um, so I had gone outside, and my whole family was watching a movie. Everyone was in there watching an old World War II movie, which is one of my favorites. And uh, I just was compelled. And when I went outside to pray, I felt like that uh, he was going to be hit by a car. It just had come out of uh, my spirit and so I had spent over two hours just interceding for him. And, uh, you know, you can sometimes just feel like the devil is demanding uh, to to do something to someone. And um, I got peace on it finally and went to bed not only to get a phone call at 2 o'clock saying that he had been hit by a drunk driver that very night. It was uh, July the 4th, uh, several years back. Mm. And um, he's... I think he was 97 pounds at the time. And, mm. you, you know, the funniest thing about this whole story, he had he had stepped out in front of a car, kind of dashed out, and it was a drunk driver, and they were coming too fast. And the damage that was done was what he did to the car. 
he he put a dent in the bumper. Mm-hmm. He flew up in the air. He broke the windshield. He he put a dent in the hood, and he 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 flipped in such of a way that his thoughts were, "I'm going to be in so much trouble with my mom." <laughs> and of course, she prays, Jolene and my daughter. She prays Psalm 91 constantly, mm-hmm. and um, so she. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she went rushing over to him, and of course, they took him to the hospital. But you know, no one tells me, you know, he he looks okay. They just say he's in the hospital, and I knew what had happened. Mm-hmm. That that very night, I had gone out there, and I had felt like I was in a deep warfare over him, and mm-hmm. it, it that just shows the complete difference between ninety-seven pounds being completely crumpled under that bumper. Mm-hmm. or him doing damage to the car. I mean, only an angel could have flipped him the way that they said he went up in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just no other way to explain it. You know, like he didn't, you know, he, it wasn't like he was braced for being hit. He was hit out of nowhere, and it just literally, God's angels protected him. Mm-hmm. And what can be tragedy in our life, like you were saying, your wife's fall, but it just has a different effect. And so, yes, I'm I'm a strong believer in just story after story after story of how God just intervenes. He just literally makes a different outcome. And would you pray for believers to grow in the understanding of the need to be diligent, faithfully putting a weapon like Psalm 91 to work daily for them in their own life and the life of their family and others as well? Yes, I I just feel like that Psalm 91 gives us authority, and so many people are not praying with authority. And um, I just I want to highlight the fact that in um, verse 13, it talks about the authority we have to tread on uh, dangerous uh, creatures, on problems. And so, Father, right now I lift up people, and I pray that you'll give them a new understanding of the authority that you gave us. And I pray that they'll understand that with Psalm 91, that there's all types of places within the psalm where after we enjoy the secret place with you, that we hide with you, that we're seated in a different place with the Most High. But, Lord, when we that when we in that secret place with you that causes us to tread upon the earth, to, to walk high, that we're seated in a different place than other people because we're over our problems. And I pray that every challenge, everything coming against people that are literally bold, like a line, going to try to take us apart and rip us, that, Father, it'll turn. And it'll literally, when they resist the enemy, he will flee. And I just pray that they will get their problems under their feet, that the very thing that's trying to destroy their life, that it will go under their feet in Jesus' name. And I think they will tread upon them. They'll tread on those lions and young lions and serpents and dragons, Father. I pray that they'll have a new sense that you put evil under their feet. And so, Father, I do pray that over them, that they'll, they'll come alive. That they'll, It'll not be, oh, I have to pray Psalm 91 like it's something uh, superstitious. But they'll pray it because it's faith. It's your word. You promised it. You thought of it. It was your idea. If if you hadn't wanted us to do it, you wouldn't have put those verses in there for us. You you gave us these things, and they are a shield and a sword for us. 
And so, Father, I pray that it's our honor to pray them and that you'll bless people that their prayer life will come alive and they'll sense a new um, um, realization of authority that they've never understood before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Angie, if someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, they really want to learn more about the the truths and insights in Psalm 91, as well as would like to read more about powerful stories and testimonies of people who've seen God's powerful hand protect them as they've used it. Which book would you recommend that listener to get amongst the books that you all have produced? Well, I would probably point them towards moms, just the Psalm 91, God's Umbrella Protection. I would just take the the initial book, and it's a cross-section. But if it's somebody in the military, we've got one that is just chock full of stories of the military. And, I mean, I researched uh, Psalm 91 in, in our U.S. military for years and years of just unbelievable stories of protection. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the team book is one of my favorites because three of us, uh, the college group, we took all mom stories and we adapted them to things that have happened in our college world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to say sometimes in the way the team book has the best, the best in it. We've uh, taken everything she did and uh, and we added in just kind of as a gift back to her what we've learned from my mom's uh in-depth study of of Psalm 91 and put it all in that in that team book. It's actually more written for the college level, but um, mm-hmm. anyone from 12 and up would enjoy it. 11, 12. Okay, so name the specific titles that you're recommending again. Okay, so the Psalm 91 uh, book, the Umbrella book. Okay. Uh, the Psalm 91 book, Military. Mm-hmm. At, and then also the Psalm 91 book teams. All right. And tell them if how can they get those books? Okay. They can call at uh, 325-646-6894. Okay. Repeat that one more time. 325-646-6894. Okay. Or they can go to the website of www.peggyjoyceruth.org. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that specifically. Now, Angie, also, you wrote a a pretty powerful book that we've had the privilege of interviewing you before about it some time ago, entitled God Smuggler Jr. And amongst other things, you know, that book, uh, that that's that book is one of the reasons why I think of you as a, a Christian female who's like a um, Indiana Jones person of sorts, you know, because of the fact that you you really kind of relish being in challenging situations. Could you share some thoughts around the book and the message of the book as well? Yes, it's God Smuggler Jr. And uh, it's taken from the concept of a book I read at a GA camp of uh, a God Smuggler where this guy smuggled Bibles into Russia uh, back when Russia had, uh, you know, was just coming out of the block where they didn't have any, any, uh, understanding of the Bible or or it had been kept from them from years. And what's funny is I went down to the altar and I dedicated my life to smuggling Bibles with the Lord. But I wasn't a Christian. 
but I wanted to smuggle Bibles. And uh, I got so tickled at the people at the altar. They were real upset by what I had done Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't accept the Lord, but I wanted to smuggle. And uh, I get tickled at how God (laughs) works with our lives. But, Mm -hmm. you know, because I hadn't found anything in the church that I thought was exciting. I was like, you know, I was bored. I was like, uh, at that point, my parents hadn't started pastoring and, and I found nothing that captured my imagination. And it wasn't a few years after that, that, you know, I asked the Lord, um, he, he came to me and he showed me two roads and he told me to choose. And one had my friends on it. And one was a a road that had no one on it. And I, I told the Lord, I said, uh, I'll make you a deal. I said, if you promise me my life will never be boring, I'll choose the road that doesn't have anybody on it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord was pleased with what I had told him. Mm-hmm. And he has been so faithful to that. And the reason God puts me in these crazy places is by the time I was in college, um, I wanted to know if, if these things would work for me or if it was just my parents. I wanted to own my own faith. So I was really struggling with, you know, personal doubt in my, it would, it was plaguing my mind. So being in dangerous situations wasn't as big to me as the doubt in my mind. I hated how that doubt felt. Mm -hmm. I hated why I just, I didn't know if God would be there in really crisis situations. So on purpose, I put myself in positions that only God could get me out of there alive. And there's times in our lives that there's things that are worse to us, that bother us worse than uh, even life itself. And I think that's what the Lord meant when you love not your life, even to death, that there's things that are are bigger than your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's how the Lord did it with me, is that he took me and um, he took me up on my offer of uh, I would give him, I'd sell out to him. And. Yeah, it's put me all over the world. I've uh, just flew in just, you know, for this uh, in this week. And and just that the Lord just never has a boring life for us. Mm-hmm. And getting to experience it in situations all over the world and, and really enjoying taking, like, uh, some things that my mom and my dad taught me into places that are dark. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll pick up right there on the other side of the break. Our phone guest today is Angie Shum. She's a servant of the Lord Jesus, a missionary, an author, amongst other things, as a servant of the Lord. We'll be right back. You gave me the stars, put them out of my reach. Call me the waters a little too deep. Oh, I've never been so aware of my need. You keep on making me see it's way beyond me. It's way beyond me. 
Toby Mac with Beyond Me. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Angie Shum. Uh, she's a missionary and author as well as servant of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Angie, we learned some, some time back about an outreach that you and your ministry have been involved with where you're not only helping young people to come to know Christ, but both challenging them them and helping them to really become very much involved with living out their faith as well. Would you share with our listeners about that outreach? Uh, yes, I, I like working with youth more than anything that I do. It just feels like that. It's a great age when uh, kids uh, are, I like them about 18 through 25. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that college age where they're making choices that's that's going to affect the rest of their life. It just seems like during that age, you're you're deciding where you're going to live, what you're going to do, who you're going to marry, what's going to go on in your life, if you're going to sell out to the Lord and do ministry. And it seems like that the youth that I've discipled over the years, that it wasn't that I discipled them to be better Christians. It was actually I discipled them to be ministers, to be in the ministry. And I wanted a type of discipleship on them that once they got they launched and they were in ministry, that they wouldn't fall apart, that they wouldn't have so many attacks against their lives, reprisal attacks, different things happening, uh, backlashes, that they couldn't stand up to the the pressure you have in ministry. And having watched my parents, I knew a lot of things to do to start strengthening and equipping them in those areas. And you know, I started them young because, you know, if you have that age group, then they bring you their little brothers and sisters. So I had the young ones and they bring me the older ones or they grow up with me and they're still with me to this day. But um, my idea is to get youth reaching youth mm-hmm. and not lose this generation. I mean, uh, we're not we're not putting them to work. And I liked what something you told me earlier is that putting kids to work for the kingdom and I was criticized some by throwing them in so young, but, you know, you notice what Jesus did with his disciples before they had the power that they received an axe on their life. He still had them going out in teams and mm-hmm. uh, doing miraculous signs. I mean, they were healing the sick and, and they were doing all types of things. They were doing deliverance and they came back just shocked to see the power of, of God. And I think that's the same thing is that, kids actually get to see the power that's in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and that it literally makes a difference. And if, if you, like Jesus said, if you see the power that my name does, then you won't use it to curse with. And the name of Jesus needs to be on kids' lips of, of the power in it. And um, everybody, these kids, even when they're like playing football, you know, praying Psalm 91 over themselves and, and praying uh, the name of Jesus. And they're not out there cursing. They're out there uh, putting their armor on and believing the Lord and using their faith. 
mm-hmm. and being able to turn things around in the spiritual realm. Well, and you know, Angie, something that you touched on that is so, it's so basic, uh, yet it's so important for us to understand. You, you mentioned like about the idea of training uh, the, the, disciple, the young disciples you're working with to become ministers or involved in the ministry. Well, you know, in the truest sense of the word, it's so important for believers to understand God really calls every believer into full-time ministry. Yet yet too often I think we fail to understand that ministry is simply doing the will of God in a given situation. Mm -hmm. And so we're all called to be living sacrifices, living our lives, not asking Jesus to bless our dreams, but we're to live in such a way that we're helping to fulfill God's dreams that he's placed within us and upon us in our lives as well. That's what real life is about, following Jesus yes. and living for him, you know. So that's such an important truth to grasp. And it's great to hear that you're working with young people to help them grasp. We're here for Jesus. We're here to yes. serve him. Go ahead. It, t- it takes away that idea that it's a title on a business card and a desk and a paycheck. It just means get started where you are doing the work that no one else is doing. Like where the ground's not plowed, start plowing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do believe that youth, and like you said, there is no one that's not called to be doing something in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, like the Word of God lets us know, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that does all the heavy lifting. Our job is to have a yes, Lord attitude and to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And even John the Baptist, he started his job from his mother's womb, and the Holy yes. Spirit used him even there. So you can't start children too young serving Jesus, period, you know. And sometimes throwing them in the deep end, uh, they get experiences that they couldn't get anywhere else. Uh, one thing I started working with is something that had been a blessing in my life is I, I signed them all up for prison ministry and put them mm-hmm. in as chaplains. And we had groups of uh, like 24. So if a couple, you know, here they are in college and they want a date, uh, my idea was uh, we'll take them down to the prison and see how y'all work together as a couple. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you real life experience of working with people that have had a totally different uh, aspect in life. We were working with gang members. and, And I mean, we had more fun down there with a dorm full of 30 something guys. And uh, some of the things that happen are lifelong stories, and and people have gone out and continued prison ministry from that. And so I, uh, the prison was youth reaching youth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also I would take them over the border to Mexico, and we would do different uh, evangelism uh, outreaches. And uh, we, we went into Juarez when Juarez was considered the murder capital of the world. It was like crazy going on across the borders there. And uh, then also uh, I started doing a lot with the Philippines and, you know, taking them over there and be electronics free and working 16-hour days and and just seeing the gospel come alive before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been in about 35 different countries mm-hmm. and preaching and um uh, I, I I remember one thing you were telling me about your thing with the Ten Commandments, and I had uh, done this set of Ten Commandments where the numbers themselves, uh, you, they have graphics on it, and it helps mm-hmm. you remember 
what the Ten Commandments are. And so after going through them ten time, I mean three times, my uh, prison guys could memorize the Ten Commandments. And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I'll take a set with me on our next mission trip to India. Mm-hmm. Well, something occurred to me about, oh, this may kick up a little dust, the Ten Commandments over here. And you don't think about it, but... Um, I know they were letting me speak in the public schools, so I came up with an idea. I'd start with number 10, and I'd work down. I'd go 10, 9, 8, 7. And when I got to one God, and I was with Hindus that believe in millions of gods, 330 million is what I've heard, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it went over uh, quite interestingly, mm-hmm. you know, because it had hooked them in the beginning of the 10, 9, 8, 7. But by the time you get down to one God... Mm-hmm. It, and talking about him being personal, mm-hmm. and uh, they were scared I was going to get myself killed uh, uh, <laughs> doing that kind of a thing in a public school over there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just shows that you can take the gospel and little things that you learned, uh, you know, right in your hometown of prison ministry mm-hmm. can translate into something that's life-changing all over the world. Mm, that's right. That's right. And, you know, it really is, the as, as you've alluded to, the greatest adventure in the world is simply following Jesus. And that's what we're all yes. called to do. Hmm. You've got to take that first step, though. And I think a lot of it is you've got to get over the, the, the fear of risk or the fear that someone's going to ask you something you don't know. Hmm. And you've got, you've got to just start applying it exactly where, you're, where you are and what you do know at the moment. And then God will fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Well, would you share with our listeners, our, our time is just about gone here, um, if they want to get a copy of your book, God Smuggler Jr., or any of the other books you've mentioned, tell them again how they can get them. Okay, they can uh, call our office at 325-646-6894, or they can reach out to our internet site, which is org. All right. Okay. Would you, before our time ends, would you pray whatever's on your heart to pray for our listeners? Yes. Well, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you today that the, that just like you did with me of giving me a choice of how deeply I would serve you. That, Father, just like where I wanted to do something in the kingdom that counted, I wanted to smuggle Bibles into places where people had nothing like a Bible in their house. Father, I pray that you will light hearts and that those that are called to go take it overseas, those that are called to uh, have international students that they work with here, that, Father, those that are called to just witness to, to their friends and let their friends know what a difference that Jesus makes in their life, Father, I pray that you'll take the fear out of it and that they will be the top person that they'll take risk for the kingdom. They won't take risk for the world where they mess their life up, but they'll take risk to do something that counts for eternity. So, Father, I pray that the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit comes on them, that they'll make up their decision. They want to follow you, and that they will have that kind of relationship where they they ask you for what they want, what they need. That, Father, what I needed was something that made sense to me, that it literally wasn't a mind thing, but it was a life uh, relationship. So, Father, I pray that as, as as they speak to you, that they'll really do business with you, that they'll they'll really realize that that you're a God that will that not only 
listen to what we say, but speak back to us. I pray that they'll hear your voice. And so, Father, I just pray that during this time, this this unique time of, of people's hearts, that holy place inside of a person that important decisions will be made, that they'll surrender their life to you. And, Father, I pray that thing that's on my life to where it's contagious, that it just starts the adventures flowing out of a life, that, Father, it will reach everyone within the sound of my voice, that they will feel that excitement it means to be in the presence of the Holy One and for you to tell us things that you want done upon the earth and and highlight people that we're supposed to reach out to. Lord, I'm asking you that you'll bring this to pass. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And as we normally do, before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'd like to invite you to make that all-important step even now. If you want to receive Christ and be saved and receive eternal life, would you simply pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. Help me to live my whole life for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, please email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to be in touch with you. like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Once again, the email, joseph at afr.net. Angie, thank you so much for being with us today. Share your website one more time if someone wants to be in touch or get any of the books you've mentioned. PeggyJoyceRuth.org. All right. Thank you, Angie, and keep up the great work, okay? All right. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for Angie and the work and ministry of Peggy Joyce Ruth Ministries. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.